it's a babe. Babe with the power. Power. It's dancing time. Watch out for those weirdos. <laughs> we are the weirdos, mister. Welcome to our brand new baby podcast. It's here. It's finally here. We've been messing with you guys forever. But yes, it's here. We're calling it Babes with the Power. I'm Kay, and I'm here with my friend and wonderful co-host, Erin. Hey, guys. I'm Erin, and we are here to welcome you to our Goblin Lagoon, Mm -hmm. which is what we're calling this little community of people. Yes. This is the Goblin Lagoon. It's a safe, cozy hideaway. Yes. I'm very excited because we're going to be talking about some interesting things on this podcast, some obscure movies and media that shaped us as kids, and we're just going to get into it and talk about our feelings, and if we feel, still feel the <laughs> same way, feel our feels. we're going to feel our feels on this podcast. Take this journey with us, feel our feels through weird movies, things that, you know, we saw as kids, young adults, things that shaped us. We're going to get into it. It might be weird stuff that you've never even heard of. It could be super popular things. Yep. We're all over the board here. Lots of nostalgia. Lots of feels. Lots of, lots of feels. <laughs> lots of feels. Um, but today we're talking about something extra special and something that we both hold near and dear to our hearts. And Small that is... Hearts. Yes. Yes, and that is the 1986 movie musical Labyrinth. Labyrinth, that's Mm -hmm. right. Jim Henson's Labyrinth. It's just, it's what, our favorite cult classic movie? It's my favorite cult classic. I would, yes, I would say so, yes. It's definitely one of my favorite movies, period, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's in my top three. Really? Wow. Yes, in my top three. Anybody that knows me knows the other two, but it is number three. I know the other two, I know the other two. Me, 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 me. But today we're going to talk about Labyrinth. <laughs> Labyrinth. Oh <laughs> I'm excited. This is this is the movie that really, like, when we both figured out we were obsessed with it, we were like, oh, we're going to be friends. Yes. For life. Yes. I feel like as much as I love Labyrinth and you love, La- love Labyrinth, like, I just feel like there aren't enough people that love it as much yeah, as we do. I don't know many people that really know labyrinth like they know of it and they just you know they're like oh that movie like dark crystal or you know that david bowie movie but like nobody's like talking about it talking like where come on guys it is (laughs) it is art literal art so i think what we're gonna do here is i'm just gonna give us a quick plot summary yes please can you just give everyone because we just assume that everyone knows everything like we do Mm -hmm. so Aaron's just yeah if you could just tell us a little bit like what is Labyrinth about just a quick movie summary for everyone so Labyrinth is a movie that starts out with this teenage girl Sarah and she's very like fed up with her home life Mm -hmm. so she has a stepmother it's very classic like evil stepmother trope 
Um, and she's definitely fed up sort with her of. infant brother. Yeah. yeah. And um, so she wishes her brother, her baby infant brother, to be taken away by the goblins. You know. And the goblin king. <laughs> like we do. As one does. And it ends up being that the goblin king does actually take him away. And she has 12 hours to defeat the labyrinth. And she runs into a lot of interesting scenarios along the way. It's a lot of uh, very uh, fantastical Jim Henson puppetry. And there's music throughout it. Um, She makes a lot of very unlikely friends. And then ultimately at the end, she does end up beating the labyrinth and defeating Jareth, who is the Goblin King, played by David Bowie. Uh, It's a great movie. It is. It's got everything you could ask for. It's got... Jim Henson directing so you know you're gonna have the cool puppets and the figures and all of that stuff it's got some of the best music I love the music in this movie yes I know I know you're you're the queen of this soundtrack I love this soundtrack so much that (laughs) it makes me emotional yes oh deep breath (sighs) it's got really cool visual effects for you know 1986 it looks you know, it obviously doesn't age perfectly, but it's really cool for the time. Mm-hmm. It's got neat artwork, choreography. It's just, it's so cool. And it's so one of a kind. Like, there's really nothing else like this movie. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. Like, there's no. definitely mu- movie musicals, obviously. But this isn't yes. really so much a movie musical as it is, like, a giant music video. It is an ode to David Bowie and Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. It's just a big, and Brian Froud, it's a big passion product of everything they like. Yeah. In one. It reminds me of how like burlesque <laughs> is just for Christina Aguilera and Cher. It's just a music video for them. Basically. <laughs> and yes. fun costumes and glitter. <laughs> oh man. Labyrinth is, is David Bowie's burlesque. Yes. It's, it's you can quote movie. us on that. You can quote me on that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so yeah, we're just going to get into it. I yeah. think, um, so what were like, what, when did you first see this movie? What, like, what oh were your gosh. first memories of this movie? So my first memory of this movie is back when I was like 12 or 13 years old. I didn't know a whole lot about David Bowie, but I had either heard this. I think I saw it on TV first and mm-hmm. I was really just like blown away because it was just I didn't know what to think of David Bowie. He was just so cool. And I, I'm a huge Prince fan. So that whole like androgynous look, I was just like, wow, yes. this is so cool. This is mesmerizing. They look just so, they're so cool. And their music was so neat. So I went to my cousin, Jonathan, who was like obsessed with David Bowie. And I asked him about the labyrinth and he ripped me like all of the music from the album and every David Bowie album he had actually. Oh my god. And so I just started listening to the music on repeat and then I finally convinced my mom to let me buy the movie oh. on VHS and just started watching it from then on like constantly because I just thought it was so neat. Yeah. Oh it was god. just so different because it was dark but also a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a pretty princess story. It was just cool and like kind of kind of gross almost. Like some of the creatures are kind of like, ooh, like the the big like I don't want to <laughs> pit the big like shaft <laughs> I don't know oh. the hands I don't know how else to say it what is it what would you call it <laughs> hand pit what is, is it a pit because it's it's like very it's like a hallway but yeah straight down so I don't 
know what to call it. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, it's a pit. That's scary. Like, it. it's mm-hmm. okay. It's a long pit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Okay, that's my memory, is it being a, a creepy movie that I got super into and became super obsessed with David Bowie because of the labyrinth. It was my gateway drug to David Bowie. Yeah. Definitely. What about you? <laughs> Hand pit. Um, no, so. <laughs> and this is what this podcast is really about. Oh, my God. Hand pit. Hand pit. Um, so, I mean, I I definitely, like, this was definitely my gateway to David Bowie as well. Um, I grew up with my mom who, like, she would always play, like, 80s music in the car. So it was, like, constantly, like, Tears for Fears. Oh, God. The Police. I love Tears for Fears. Oh, my mom really likes Prince. Yeah. Like, things like that. And she, my uncle, um, he's since passed, but he used to have this big, like, wall of VHS tapes. It was like walking into a blockbuster every time I went to his house. And this was one of the movies that he had. And my mom loved that movie so she she told me recently she just showed me movies she loved so yeah so I'm like really happy and like I have this is one of those movies I've been watching since I can remember like breathing you know that's so cool yeah see my mom I think she had like heard of it but she had never seen it so yeah yeah I mean it's definitely like more obscure for sure but um it was one of those like movies I always would turn on like a, like anytime I went to my uncle's house it would be like labyrinth week so I would pick out labyrinth and I would take it home for a little bit and I'd bring Aww. it back and switch it out with like another movie that I would watch all the time that's so cute yeah my mom had this weird thing where we only owned like Disney VHS's <laughs> I don't know anyway it's probably be a lot of money one day <laughs> yes but regardless I just always like I'm a big practical effects person I love like creatures and beasts and things like that so this was very like yeah me wait hold on crazy shark lady (laughs) right (laughs) so you can't see my face but it's really shocked right um but this yeah I just it's just like a big cluster of stuff I love so it has like the 80s. I think it was more of like the 80s style music that I was into. You like synthesizers. Well as, I, I love synthesizers. You like synthesizers. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm And saxophones. I'm a 70s girl. I like 70s music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of like my start. And it's just been one of those movies I've continuously watched like over my lifetime. And it's definitely like my one of my top three favorite movies of all time for a reason. Like I just love everything about it. There's a lot to it. There's a mm-hmm. lot going on in this movie. Yeah, and it's just, it's a really easy watch, too. Like, yeah. it's very easy to digest, but also, like, a little, you know, weird. <laughs> but there's, like, there's, like, it's, I mean, because it's easy to watch, because, like you said, it's, like, you know, a music video, so yeah. you don't really have to focus, but there is a story and kind of a, like, um, well, obviously a happy ending, but there's, like, a little lesson there, like, a little, Absolutely. Know, Things aren't always what they seem, you know, family over materialistic goods, blah, 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 blah. We'll get into mm-hmm. it. But so like, you know, you can, you can watch it or not and it's still just as good. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think there's a lot of beauty in this. Um, and I know this is something we'll talk about in other episodes, but I feel like every time I watch a movie from my childhood that I treasure, I get something else out of it. 
yeah, every couple of years. So I think for me, like this time around, I really could see that um, she at the end of the movie ended up, you know, taking a stance and, you know, being like, you know, you have no power over me. And she really just stood up for herself and wanted to take her baby brother back to, you know, safety and that materialistic things are not always the end all be all. Yeah. And well, and it was cool watching it too this time because we watched it together. Mm-hmm. So we got to bounce stuff off each other. Yeah. And then doing the podcast, we got to look up stuff about it and read the book and all that and learn new things in addition to seeing new things. It's just like, there's just a lot of labyrinth in our brains right now. Yes. Um, so here we are getting it out. <laughs> oh, God. Let it leak out. I freaking love it. So much. Okay. So let's let's dive in. We're going to. We're going to kind of ask each other some what ifs and weird questions back and forth because I I, I have some things I want to know. Okay. I want to get your opinion on some things. Okay. Because I'm not going to go in any kind of order of any kind of way, but like, if y'all haven't seen the movie, too bad. Watch it I'm and come back really to this. Sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. Like, but go away. Okay, so my question, the very first time, this has been my question since I was a kid, because for me, any scene in a movie that starts talking about smells, I'm like, okay, and (laughs) you already know, you already know. I'm like, yeah, and I can't, I'm watching it. You cannot portray a smell to me. So there's a whole scene about, you know, threatening the bog of eternal stench and oh no, the bog of eternal stench. And then they end up in the bog of eternal stench, but Mm -hmm. like- they don't really describe it other than it's awful. But, like, what do you think the bog of eternal stench smells like? What do you think? Because I don't know. And it keeps me up at night. Because is it <laughs> is it something where it's, like, the love potion in Harry Potter where it smells different to every person? Oh, that's Like, a- is, it, is it your worst sm- smell? Like, the thing that's grossest to you? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think so. <laughs> For me, I think, like, I'm a very, like, literal person, so, like, if you watch the scene, like, the little pits in the, like, bog look like assholes. They literally do look like... So, I'm imagining it smells like a porta potty at a music festival in the middle of the day. Just butthole. Yes. hot butthole. Yeah, like... (laughs) That's what I... Because I imagine, like... Now I'm like think now I'm like going all over. Maybe the place. maybe because they like came out of a drain. You think it's maybe it's like the almost like the waste location yeah. of the labyrinth, like the clean out area where the cleaner all that shit from the cleaners goes. Yeah, but because like the labyrinth is like a, a alive. <laughs> yeah, because it's like alive. That's like the literal butthole of the, the labyrinth. That's it. It's the butthole of the labyrinth. The bog of eternal stench is the butthole of the labyrinth. Perfect. Yes. Question is answered. Check it off. <laughs> I feel so much better now. Okay, I'm glad. So you don't you don't have any frame of reference for what it smells like, or you haven't thought about it. No, they don't tell you. They don't. They yeah. I assume it because it just looks like mud to me and mm. like a swamp. But like swamps smell like sw- I don't know. They don't stink. Swamps smell but, good. Swamps smell like outdoors. Yeah, it's I don't know. it's the butthole look and the farting noises for me that it's kind of like tell me you? Is that what it's you're the butthole right for me. Yeah. So said it here. It's on mic. I'm <laughs> recording. Uh, I I remember too. Like now that we're talking about it more, like 
um, my stepdad used to always like, at, you know, when we were kids and we were kind of like, you know, playing, he would like joke about the bog of eternal stench, like getting us. I love that. I know. It was so good. <laughs> also, I would like to point out that we're not even 15 minutes. Well, we are 15 minutes maybe mm-hmm. into our very first podcast. We're already saying stuff about buttholes, but like, you know. You're welcome. 10 you out know? of 10 for us. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Goblin Lagoon. <laughs> so I would say like, that's actually probably one of my least favorite scenes just because like, I don't really like that kind of stuff. Really? Oh, you don't like fart noises? You're no. Not sometimes they make me laugh and then sometimes I'm grossed out. There's like no in between. That's so funny. Is that your, like, totally least favorite scene of the movie, or do you have, like, another one you don't... I think so. Yeah? But, like, what's your least favorite scene? Okay, this sounds really stupid, Mm. but I have this problem with, quote-unquote, cult classic movies, Mm -hmm. where there's that third act right before the climax of the movie, where it gets super boring and dips down really low. Mm. So, like, for, um... Rocky Horror Picture Show, the whole, like, last act up until it starts getting fast, this <clears> quick <throat> the Rose Tints My World song in the pool, Yeah, I'm, like, totally asleep yeah. before that, from, like, when Eddie's dead mm-hmm. all the way. Um, and so for this, it's really that whole, like, after the Bog of Eternal Stench, before she meets Jared in the castle, that entire battle scene, it's it's so fun and it's so long, but I just zone out for some reason yeah. always. Like, I'm tired at that point. So that is really my least favorite scene because I mm-hmm. want to get through it to see David Bowie again. Oh, no, that's a lie. We all really know what my least favorite scene is. Oh. Why didn't I bring it up earlier? Oh, no. My least favorite. Why? What? Oh, my God. My least favorite scene is the fucking fireies. Fuck those motherfucking red, stupid, scary ass puppets. Whoa. Oh, oh, whoa. God, they terrify me. I will not take fiery slander on this podcast. They're so, what? Mm. Are, they're terrifying. I love them. <laughs> Get away from I me. I love them. I love that song that so scene, much. That's the song is fantastic. The lyrics mm-hmm. horrifying. Yeah. Um, the entire scene makes me want to crawl out of my skin. Um, something about them forcibly trying to remove her head is horrifying to me. And them literally chasing her down as body parts to steal her body parts makes me want to die. Maybe you have a point, though, because, like, when I was a kid, like, I was always fascinated, like, deeply by, like, unnerving things. And, like, that scene always had my attention full force. You know why? It's because you are... That Emily girl from the choker story with the head that comes off. Literally. And so they take their heads off so you can relate to them. They're your kid. Yes, because if if I take my choker off, my head is falling off. Your head is going to roll off, and that's why I'm here to catch it. Yes, I appreciate that. But it is interesting that, you know, just backtracking a little bit about, like, the battle sequence. Because I remember, <laughs> funny enough, I remember, like, as a kid not remembering that does that make sense it just blurs out right there right and then it's like it gets to the part where they're in like the staircase what is that it looks like the mc escher painting yes it gets to that and then i'm like laser focused again yeah so i understand what you're saying i think i've grown to appreciate it a little bit more but like i remember being a kid and like absolutely like not paying attention yeah now as an adult i can watch it and say wow Mm -hmm. look how much work is going into this puppetry Look how much work is going into the sequence. But, like, as a kid, I didn't give a shit. I, I, didn't, I was so ungrateful. <laughs> no, you're good. But, yes. So, Chili Down is actually, like, the 
David Bowie wrote all the songs for the movie that are like sung, but um, Chili Down is the only one he doesn't sing, but he did write the lyrics for it. Um, and it is a very strange song. I think listening to it without context, even with context, it's a little like cats it's, level, like confusing, but like without context, yes. it's like, what? It makes no damn sense. And it's scary as hell. But it's fun to listen to. I it's will say. Sure. I do not listen to that song. That's, I skipped that one. It reminds me of the fireies and I don't like them and they frighten me. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But who's like your okay? So they're obviously they're my least favorite, least characters. favorite characters. Least but who's favorite your characters. favorite character? Okay, now are we, when we talk character, are we saying like puppet? Let's, or let's like do puppet, puppet because we both know that Jareth is the best, <laughs> and we'll circle back to that. But like, who's your favorite? Like, puppet? okay, favorite. Ooh, okay, you go first because I gotta think on this. Actually, I mean, I already know which one. I, mine is. Yeah, you share yours and why? While I think it's my big beastie boy ludo but like why, why? because he's tell us so about ludo cute. because he reminds me of a big dog and yeah. i love that he's just like big and he seems like he's gonna be really scary but he's like a sweet baby boy and it makes me emotional oh my god are you crying you need to no i'm not actually you? crying i just want to give him a kiss you know <laughs> i, I want to hold his little hand well his big hand and just give him a little kiss you know I, I love him so much. I just think he's like a super charismatic like character. As much as that is funny to say uh, with like, you know, puppetry. He just you I feel like people are drawn to him immediately. I know you're not like a super fan of him, but he's just like such a fun looking he's character. Super cute. Yeah, and his like his very like he's very innocent like innocent, you know, and he can yes, call rocks. He's kind of like in that same category as like Sweetums. Yeah. And he's like a dumb Sully. He's, yeah. I just think he's, like, if I ever get a big dog, I'm going to name them Ludo. Oh my god, you should get, like, a St. Bernard and name it St. Bernard's are my favorite breed of dog, so that's literally the... How did I know that? Of course. I'm still One trying brain to cell. I shared. Think, shared. <laughs> I think my... Okay, you know what? I know exactly what my favorite character is. I don't know why I'm dicking around this. My favorite character is the worm. Period. Hands down, the worm. That's fair. I almost said the knockers because I like the knockers. I think that's a really funny scene. Mm -hmm. They are um, cool. But the worm. The worm is so funny. He's iconic. He's got his little scarf, his little cockney accent. 10 out of 10, the worm. That's yep. totally fair. I would love to like put him on my shoulder and walk around with him. You know? Could you imagine like a shoulder worm? Like, you know how they do like the shoulder like Disney characters that like. But it's Magnet, the worm from But it's the worm. I bet you oh could God. find something like that at like a Renaissance fair. We can make that. You just get a stuffed one and put a magnet in it. Hmm. And then you could put like a little like recording box like they have at Build-A-Bear in it and make mm -hmm. it like fucking say stuff. Oh my God. I would scream. I would scream. I'm working in this. This is The cogs are turning in my head now. There might. We need to market this. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, so favorite character, Worm for me, Worm one for Kaylee. Uh, <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's fair. He's super cute. He's so cute. He's he, very he bright. Helps her out. Mm -hmm. He invites her for tea. Um, there's another least favorite character that Aaron and I haven't talked about. If you've noticed, we've mm. jumped around this one because we're worried. Not that there's like, you know, we've just talked about there's not a big labyrinth following. following so I don't think people are going to come for us. Uh but we don't want to get yelled at, but 
Hoggle sucks. Yeah, we don't want Hoggle stand Twitter coming for us, but like we do not like. <laughs> we him. know there's like three of y'all somewhere. Do not come for us, but Hoggle sucks. Yeah. What do I say every time? The literal first scene you see him, he is taking a piss in the drinking water while poisoning fairies. Yes. That is his first impression. And Sarah loves him. Yeah, I. He just reminds me of a creepy little old man. And who would cat call at us on the street? Yeah. And I know that, like, I feel like he does get a little bit better over time in the movie. But I've just, like, even as a kid, I was, like, never, dr- no. like, a fan of him at all. And it's such a shame because that's actually Brian Henson voicing Hoggle. Oh. Well. Which is sad because I'm like, oh, I should like him, but I don't care. Isn't he, where is he, where's the puppet located? Because I know it was, like. Hoggle got lost in transport and he is now the hoggle puppet is in a glass case in scottsboro alabama (laughs) in their unclaimed baggage like center so he's like on display in an unclaimed baggage center just like gaining dust there nobody ever come came to get him no nobody got him he lives in alabama which is like i'm sorry like i'm so sorry for you there buddy but you know what stay there uh, that's I. It almost sounds like they wanted to lose him. Honestly, no one came to pick him up. Like, there's like pictures of him in this glass case. Like, oh they were just like, just keep him. It's fine. We got another. That makes yeah. me feel kind of bad for him. But does it? Good. Yeah, you can because I don't. Okay, I don't care for him at all. <laughs> that's fair. um my other. So there's there's a couple other characters because I just want to talk because we're in the <clears> favorites <throat> and least favorites now. Yeah. Um, wise man and his bird hat not a fan not a fan Mm because he a asks for money without giving her any kind of real advice and b the hat cat calls at her she's 16 chill the fuck out hat and he i mean he's to be fair he's also like a bird but like but like it's a cat call like but it's weird downs her with his eyes come yeah yeah it's a little creepy um it's creepy i think somebody else i'm not like a huge fan of is sir didymus He's oh, he's yeah. cute. I love him to an extent, but like it's just he's not for me. He's obnoxious a little bit. <laughs> yes. But they needed her to have someone to talk more with because I guess, you know, Ludo doesn't talk a lot and um Hoggle is in and out. Yeah, for sure. But like you get a lot of weird, goofy Pluto vibes between Denimus and the fact that he's a fox and he rides a dog. Yes. It seems not even that playing field. <laughs> I, will say, I think maybe we resent him for that. Yeah, maybe just a little bit. I will say, like, I think it's cool that the dog that he rides is the same breed as, like, the dog Sarah has. I think it's the same dog. It's probably the, yeah, it's probably the same dog, but I, I'm sure that was done, like, on purpose, because it's, like, yeah. you know. It's, fancy. like, her imagination mm-hmm. come to life. So it's her dog, her stuffed animals that you see in the room mm-hmm. all become characters in the story. So it's kind of, like, what she's seeing around her pulled out of her head. Yeah. So it's a lot of like Wonderland vibes almost. It's like her own Wonderland. Mm-hmm. I For think sure. is what it is. Yeah, if you guys ever like watch it or like you've never noticed this before, if you watch in the beginning of the movie when it's like panning to her looking in the mirror after she gets home, you can see like a bunch of different objects mm-hmm. like on her like scattered through her room and they're like foreshadowing to what she will you, experience in the labyrinth. It's really cool. So if you actually look on her mirror. <clears throat> when she's putting on the lipstick in her room in the beginning, there's photographs on her mirror of her mother 
mm-hmm. and David Bowie. So David yep. Bowie is in these pictures with her mom, who was supposed to be like a famous like stage performer. Mm-hmm. And then when it pans out, there's um, a music box on her little counter right there, and it's her and Jareth in there ballroom outfits dancing mm-hmm. and then when it pulls out more of the stuffed animals sitting around are the different creatures and so on and so forth yeah I always like I even noticed that when I was a kid too I was just very like oh my god look at that I, I'm so excited I love the little things you can find like that I live mm-hmm. for easter eggs and bits and things like that yeah I know while we're talking about stuff like, I just want to talk about the junk lady. Because... Yeah, I was about to say, she's my other favorite character. Yes. <laughs> Where, I, was like, I relate to her it. on a personal, um, emotional, and mental level. Oh, okay. So the junk lady. The junk lady is just a crazy old lady whose entire home is on her back full of her own stuff. She just loads it up. So there's actually, when they show the whole scene, there's five junk people like in the background in the like all together there's five total Mm -hmm. including the junk lady like all around so while it looks like a solid world it's actually a bunch of junk people's huge backs you can see them like shuffling yeah so it's super creepy but yeah the junk lady i just feel like she is us it's us yeah like i would just be walking around with like hoarding all of our little tchotchkes and and our shit and our stuff and our bits and bobbles and yes just got like a bunch of like stuffed animals and like random just, just your whole back is just marshmallows yes it would weigh nothing you would have the best posture of the junk ladies thank you if you're squishmallows mm-hmm. oh my god but i also like think that um that was kind of like the scene where sarah realizes like i don't need all this she even says it's just a bunch of um, it's just a bunch junk. of junk yeah, and she's like, I have to save my my baby brother, and she like realizes it in yeah. that moment. I just think that's so beautiful. Even though I'm a materialistic like, ass bitch, like I but still love a, that. You know, when there's a time and a place right. like, to drop it and be like, that's enough. There's, right. There's more important things in the world. Yeah. So I think that's kind of her like big kick. That's she's literally breaks down the walls to mm-hmm. get out, and yeah. that's her like really kicking it into high gear to get the heck out of there. Yeah. For sure. I love that so much. Okay, so um, we talked a little bit about the creatures. We've talked a little bit about Sarah, but, like, we've really not talked about the king of our kings. The <laughs> I don't know how else to say. The king of my goblin kings. The king of queens. The king of queens. The king of the universe of the goblins, uh, Jareth, who, for the longest time, I could not figure out if it was Jareth with a th or jared with a d but king jared sounds real awful and scary like a mattress salesman but like a one that doesn't really sell mattresses yeah i think if it was king jared he'd be wearing like uh you know cargo shorts and like a cap and some uh sunglasses it would be a whole nother kind of film yeah it'd be a whole drinking a monster gross oh my god (laughs) No, it's Jareth with a TH and it's David Bowie in the mullet, the most party of all mullets. Mm-hmm. Very 80s, all the way around. Tons. He gets the most outfits. Yes. I, so many outfits. What? I don't even know where to start with this. He's got outfits me. that have feathers, bone. There's a, there's a bit he wears that's like made of bone mm-hmm. at the very last scene. It's so cool. He does the, the best eye makeup. I just, 
it's like you said a music video stop i'm swooning oh my god you talk (laughs) swooning (laughs) so yeah i mean he definitely gets he's the king of costume changes in this he does so, get all the costumes. Nobody else does. Yeah, so we we see him in the beginning, and he's very like I feel like it's like that kind of like introductory like costume where you're like really saying who he is. So he's the Goblin yeah. King, and it's got big this like cape. big cape, and it's like what is it like the collar on it is like very crazy looking. Yeah, it's a huge blue like stiff collar, very Doctor Strange looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's got his little crystal balls, and then... Oh, yeah, and fun fact, um, whenever you see him doing any of the crystal, like, he's got the three crystal balls, like, that he does the juggling with, that's actually the choreographer, the choreographer, choreographer, Mm -hmm. um, Michael Motion, he's actually standing behind David Bowie with his arm up under him, under his armpit with his hand out doing that juggling stuff blind, like, he's not looking at all. And so it's really cool how well that looks, knowing there's just some guy squatting behind David Bowie, blindly juggling giant crystals. That guy is my hero because he's not only juggling blind, but he's like right behind David Bowie the whole time. He's under the cape. So I actually, um, on the, so we're doing an Instagram we're starting. Mm -hmm. We have started, everyone. And um, I have the book here, the Jim Henson's Labyrinth Visual History. There's a picture of Michael up under David Boy's cape with his arm under him. So I will post that picture on the Instagram. It's yes. really funny. Yes, for sure. I'm excited. I love it that. so much. Um, so yeah, but there's also another part of his <laughs> costume that I feel like we should talk about. Oh boy, here we go. That is the elephant in the room with this entire episode. And it's the one thing I, whenever I ask anyone about Labyrinth, the first thing they say to me is, is that the David Bowie where he has the huge penis? And the answer is yes. Yes. (laughs) Because he's got in this like tights, outfit fantasy outfit he's got this giant cod piece Mm -hmm. and there's all these shots of just the cod piece up close that takes up the whole screen yeah and And that seems to really just drill into everyone's head it's distracting is what it is like i know as specifically for me like the one that comes to mind is when like hoggle they were in the oubliette or no were they in the oubliette it's like right after they get out. Right. And they, they're about to get hit with the cleaners. And Hoggle's like begging at his feet. And like all you see is just. Codpiece. Crotch. Yep. That's all you see. Just the whole screen. So when I was in college, we had like an old theater on campus that would play like old movies. So they did a labyrinth night. And it was like a dollar to go see it. But it was on a giant movie screen in a teeny tiny theater. So like the seats are really close to the screen. Mm-hmm. And. I got all I just have it just burned into my mind a giant movie screen version of David Bowie's crotch up close like two stories high there's There's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with there but that is that is everybody's real first memory of this film for some reason yeah when I asked them about it (laughs) yeah is that there's puppets and penis yeah and I mean it's fine it you know, it was always kind of distracting for me, but um, it's super eighties. 
it's very on the nose with the 80s fantasy look yeah for sure and i mean it's 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 not to say that like the pants that he wears doesn't go along with you know the rest of his costumes or whatever but oh yeah it is very obvious really they they just don't make any effort like you know they were just laughing about it the whole time and Uh, just doing it to do it at that point yeah i don't know i just yeah i i just always like it's always just been burned into my head like yep Mm-hmm. I think David Bowie was seeing David Bowie in all his gloriousness completely expressing as Jareth was like one of the starts like right when I was hitting puberty is when oh. I started seeing that so I think that played a lot into like me just you in general like me in general like he that this movie has had a lot of effect on my personality and like mm-hmm. my sexuality and yeah, and I mean, rightfully so, because it is I don't is even very, know how to explain it, but yeah. it does have, like, a really significant impact on me. To be yeah. like, wow, he was so, like, beautiful in that. And I was, like, that was one of the first characters I think I was, like, sexually attracted to. And I was like, what's happening? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think I, for me, I think I saw it too young yes. to initially Probably. feel that way. But once I, like, started listening to more, like, David Bowie mm-hmm. in general... And, like, as I got older, I was, like, he's very attractive. Yes. It was kind of like that TikTok of, like, you re-watching it in your 20s. Yes. I'm re-watching things now, and I'm, like, oh, no, this is why I'm like this. It's watch. because it's I watch these movies when yeah. I did. But I think and- it's also, um, what is the word I'm looking for, where it's just kind of, like, ingrained in my head from a child, and I don't realize it. Yeah. Just with, like, all the choices I make and, like, the media i consume like in your subconscious now yes it's in my subconscious we it. went to a very deep place after talking about his junk i know right it's weird we've talked about like buttholes and penises and then we got into like our sexual budding as young women yeah i mean um, it's it's all fair but if you can't talk about it then people are going to be scared of it and you have to be able to talk about things exactly so. um never anything inappropriate it was never anything like that it was just like a girl you know like when you're when you're a young teenager you don't know Mm-hmm. You get crushes on all sorts of weird fictional characters. Yeah. And because of that, now, uh, sometimes when I don't know what to do with myself, I will go read fan fiction. And some of the fan fiction I have read in years past has may been may have been labyrinth fan fiction. I don't know. Hey. It's true. It's weird. Yeah, that's fine. I know like, I fucking the, love fan fiction. Yeah. And I feel like the I feel like um, I'm not super into fan fiction. I mean, I was when I was like a kid. Yeah, like I was way into it more in like mm-hmm. an early teenager. But I feel like that's definitely one of those like weird niches that's like very popular, like in that kind of community. I would have to like research it more. But I know that there's a lot of like um, cosplayers. Yes, that are really there's into a huge labyrinth. labyrinth cosplay group. Well, there's a labyrinth like because it's not just the movie either. After the movie came out, there is, like, a 12-part manga series that's a sequel. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a four-part, I don't remember how many parts, um, kind of prequel story comic that also came out that's, like, Jareth's prequel. Yeah. So there's, like, a whole labyrinth universe of things to pick from now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know, like, for me, I think I was telling you about this before, but, like, at least in my part of town, I believe that was in my part of town, they were doing, like, masquerade balls. I've seen those. Those I want to go to one of them. That would be so cool just to see. Now, 
uh, just jumping off of that, how much do you love the As the World Falls Down masquerade scene? Oh my gosh. Okay, so that scene was my favorite. That's probably my favorite scene in the entire movie, mm-hmm. period. That's yeah. my, that As the World Falls Down is my favorite song. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so that whole movie I love because I'm a big Phantom of the Opera fan. And I get really heavy Phantom of the Opera vibes from that scene. Yeah. Um, I don't know, though, is... I don't know if the peach is, like, if he drugged her into sleeping and she's, like, trapped in a dream. Is she trapped in one of the crystal balls? Like, yeah, I don't really get that scene. I love it, but I don't get it. I feel... I don't know, because she... she, I wonder if she just, like, is hallucinating the whole time. Because she winds up in another place and maybe she, like... It's hallucinating herself floating down into the junk lady layer, but something like, like that. Because then, but then that's a whole other like, oh my gosh, are we talking about dr- like, is this a theme about drugging people? Like, there's a whole other layer there. Yeah, I think it was just yeah, it was just to derail her from completing her task. But yeah, um, it was really I, getting back to like what I was talking about before with like scary things fascinating me there's a lot of those those masks in that scene are really like they're really scary though yeah yeah, no the masks are terrifying and but the song is so beautiful the song is really good now if you watch that scene you know what i noticed when we were watching it Mm -hmm. um they have all the couples dancing and everyone together there's a lot of lgbt like couples together like there's like i love that female couples there's male couples there's you know all sorts of groups dancing together it's kind of cool you can see them all like yeah. It was kind of neat to see, like, oh. Good I fun. love that. That's that's wonderful. And it's cool to see other people in the movie, so you're not just, mm-hmm. you know, drowning in puppets the whole time. Yeah. Um, sure. I remember I was reading the book, and that's one thing I think was really cool, because um, this movie was directed by Jim Henson, and, you know, if you guys don't know us now, Aaron and I are, like, Muppet fanatics, I'm not so much a Muppet Maybe not fanatic. a fanatic, but like... But you, I like puppets. You appreciate puppets and mm-hmm. things like that. I'm a Muppet fanatic. You're a Muppet crazy I'm person. Muppet yes. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I do want to talk about it. So I'm we'll this talk podcast. about it. We'll talk about lol, it. Lol, 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 um, <laughs> No. You know we're going to have a whole, a whole episode of Muppet Christmas Carol in December. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not a Muppet person by nature. So it'll be oh. like my first time seeing I'll this. Tell you, I think that'll the, be very interesting. By the end of this year, you will be a Muppet person. I will make you watch enough <laughs> Muppet movies and tell you all the funny little things about them. I can't I wait. love Jim Henson. I'm a big, big Henson fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that Brian Henson did Hoggle's voice. I like that Cheryl Henson was one of the puppeteers of one of the fireys, his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jim Henson did this movie with Brian Froud and Brian Froud did the kind of like conceptual art and design. So in any of the drawings in the book or the images in the book, a lot of them are by him. Mm-hmm. He did the art with Jim Henson for Dark Crystal. Oh. And so they were like hanging out after Dark Crystal. And one of the critiques of Dark Crystal was actually that the script is really slow it's really poor flow for me i think dark crystal is pretty i don't like it i don't like to watch it i'll watch it once a blue moon and zone out really hard i because i know we've been talking about this recently just with like all of this but like i for dark crystal just to like side tangent for a minute no go for it i might rewatch it soon just because i don't have like the best memory of it because it was never my favorite movie it's it's fine the shit out of me 
Yeah, the Gexies. Gexies are scary, and I do I, like them. I'm a big animal person, and I love all animals, but birds are birds, dinosaurs. Birds are on thin ice, you know. Birds, I love birds. <laughs> Some, well, not ducks or like pelicans, but like. Oh no, I like vultures. And yeah, stuff. I think they're cool. But they, yeah, I just, it was always unnerving. It was, like, that, and then, like, I remember, like, the two little creatures were, like, hypnotized or something, and there was this scary little Pomeranian, and I don't know. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. Okay, so, and I haven't seen the TV show that's on Netflix either. I just don't care about it. So, like, Jim Henson was really kind of bummed out about the, the, you know, critiques about Mm -hmm. Dark Crystal, and... He was saying, like, the Gelflings were fine, but, like, you know, the two main character ones that just kind of look like beige. They look like Arthur to me. They look like Arthur from the TV oh. show. That's what they look like to me. They look like Arthur people. I don't, Literally. I don't know. an aardvark? Is that what he is? Yeah. Um, so they had, like, a lack of expressiveness. So mm-hmm. somebody was like, Jim, if you want something to look human, you're going to have to cast a human. So they were like, fine. And then that's how they got, you know, Sarah and... Jareth and all that because originally it was going to be uh, Labyrinth was going to be like a sequel to Dark Crystal or like really heavy Dark Crystal lore and then they were like nope let's make it a people thing and for me it worked <laughs> yeah I'm so glad because like you can tell both those movies are Jim Henson movies but sure. they're so different and they feel so different that like Which I'm is... just glad that you know they're separate exactly so that's why I'm like I they always get lumped together mm-hmm. because they are so similar and they came out so close together, but they're, they're really different. They're very really different. different. Dark Crystal feels. is just dark and scary. <laughs> Labyrinth it's is just, fun. Dark Crystal just seems like an extension of the storyteller show to me. The storyteller show. Oh my God. There's an entire Jim Henson show called the storyteller. Oh and there's two seasons, and one season is narrated by John Hurt. Mm-hmm. He's like the story; he is the storyteller, and it's different European folk tales. And it does the they act it out with puppets and people. Oh, you know what? I s- you seen that? And the second season is Greek myths. Mm, you know what? Uh, I went to see Labyrinth in theaters about four years ago for its anniversary and I think they showed one before it started. Oh my god, I love Storyteller. I used to watch that on repeat. My horror oh, night's brain was like Storyteller. Oh no, god no. Fuck the story. She's oh, no. <laughs> Anyway. Least favorite. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Oh my god, back to Labyrinth. Let's talk about more beautiful Labyrinth things. Oh my gosh. We've so, gone through the music. Oh, you know what I want to talk about? Hmm. I just... We're going to get back in the music more. Yes. I, I know you love it. Mm. Um, so it is just a big music video for David Bowie. Like you said, he wrote all of the songs. The only one he didn't perform was... Chilly Down. Chilly Down. The, mm-hmm. the awful... Fu- the song is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate the fires. But in the Magic Dance song on the album, you hear all these baby noises in it because it's supposed to be Toby, the kid, the baby Toby brother but it's actually david bowie making the baby noises on the soundtrack it's everything he's in the recording booth making infant noises and the idea of him doing that i just want to see it happening you know all right i wish i could get like a background like one of those like behind the scenes videos of him recording yeah i just want to see him making baby noises 
Could you imagine? <laughs> in his entire costume with all his glitter. Yes. His, just That's what I want. Like, I know that's not how it works, but could he please uh, be in full Jareth costume while recording? Thank you. That's all. Recording baby noises, more specifically. <laughs> My God. I love that. Oh, that's all I'm going to be thinking about now. Oh, my God. I know. I love how we were just like, everybody knows this. It's fine. We weren't going to bring it up. We weren't going to bring up the baby noises because we assumed everyone knew about that. Uh, but I, I don't think people do. I don't <laughs> I think people know that either. David Bowie sat there in front of a mic and made babbling baby sounds. Oh, uh, I love that for him. But I know another song you really like is... <laughs> Um, the underground song. Yes. But there's actually two versions, right? Is that what you were telling me? Yes. So there's the version that's in the movie that you hear, like, in the opening credits, and then as yeah. he's, like, running home. But there's also, like, a single version, and it's got, like, a chorus of people, like, in the chorus. And it's really, it's, like, a really good song, like, by itself. Like, you wouldn't even need to, like, watch the movie. Yeah, it, it has, like, its own music video, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. He, so he did, he didn't do much promotion for the movie itself, mm-hmm. but he did do this music video. And he plays, like, I think it's, like, a, a club promoter, somebody in, like, a club who falls into the labyrinth. And there's, like, labyrinth animation, so it's not, like, really directly, like, from the movie itself but there's like drawings and stuff of like characters in the library oh, weird. really cool um i just love the single version of that song so much like i love the song version in the movie but the single version is really really good oh, okay so yeah. you're gonna add that on the end of this then yes we're gonna play a little Do bit that. of it at the end of this end of this episode so you guys it. can hear it yeah mm-hmm. i'm gonna hear it too i want to listen to this one because see i don't even i love labyrinth and i've never even thought about the single version yeah yeah I, I don't think a lot of people um really know about it or uh think that there's two of them you know that's um that's so just as i'm like pulling it up on my itunes right oh, are you now. finding it now she's like, she's like i gotta have it I yeah have i it. just wanted to like reference it so if you like download the soundtrack or you have the soundtrack there's it, what it's called is opening title and it says including underground. So it's like the opening oh, title with the underground okay. him singing it. And then towards the end, the last track on it is the actual single. So I'm going to have to add that on my Spotify. It's so good, dude. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I think that's pretty much all we have for the labyrinth right now. Yeah. That's pretty much all of our opinions. It really shaped us as as people, I guess. It's really something we think about and talk about a lot. And I don't yeah. feel like most people do. I really want it to have it's like you know what oh, this is like something that it's side note, something that no, like I have always like fantasized about. I really wish they would put Labyrinth on Broadway as a musical. Yeah, but like how would you do that? You'd have because the the problem with the songs in this one is that the songs to me this is why it's more of a music video than a musical. <laughs> is that the songs don't really propel the story forward. Yeah, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, um, writing additional music for it. Yeah, okay. So, like, they would they would have these, you know, staple songs, but then they would have, like, additional music to, like, kind of, like, further the plot. So maybe, like, Hoggle has a song, or, oh, like, God. you know, they have 
sorry. I don't mean to scare well, you. Well, Sarah would get a song. Sarah Everyone would, would get, get like a, song. a solo, like a really beautiful solo. But that's just something that I've always thought about. Um, you I don't know. know who. I don't know if they could do that now, though, with David Bowie being dead. I think the closest they could get is um, Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. He used to do a David Bowie bit. Oh, yes, and his, I remember He that. did that song Shiny in Moana, and that is basically mm-hmm. a David Bowie ode. It sounds very mm-hmm. Bowie. So yeah. I feel like he could do David Bowie justice with the labyrinth. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there because it's just something I like to think about. Um, having this movie be a part of my life for almost 30 years now, I always like to keep it fresh. So Well, because now you have Beetlejuice as a musical. Exactly. So why not Labyrinth as a musical? Yes. I'm also holding out hope for the Jaws musical, but we'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. Have you, okay, do you watch Bob's Burgers? Uh, occasionally, yes. Have you seen the Jaws Bob's Burgers episode? No. So there's an episode of Bob's Burgers where they get an animatronic shark. <gasps> oh, like, yes. That's a, that's a Jaws episode. Yes, I've seen that. I just want you to go watch it all the time. I'm going to go watch like, it again. I think of you every time. Oh, my God. Oh, another fun fact I do want to share about the labyrinth is mm-hmm. that the kid, you know, we were talking about him earlier, the infant son, Toby. Mm-hmm. Toby is his real name um, in real life. Toby is actually the son of Brian Froud, the conceptual and artwork designer. I can't even talk. Um, nice. It's his. It was his infant baby on set, and his wife is actually Wendy Froud, who is one of the Henson puppeteers, puppet makers, sculptors. Mm-hmm. And they actually met and got married on the set of Dark Crystal, which is why Toby is an infant and was perfect for use in Labyrinth. I love that. And right? now he's and- a puppeteer, right? Yeah, now he now he's a puppeteer. He actually wrote the foreword for the Labyrinth Visual Fantasy. That's so sweet. Book I'm reading. He did the whole foreword. He looks the exact. He looks. He's got a baby face. He looks just like him still. He looks he's just like a baby. Honestly, he's got <laughs> all I'm thinking about is like an adult baby wearing like red and white stripes. Red and looking like Smee. Mm-hmm. Straight oh out of Peter God. Pan. Straight out of Peter Pan. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that's pretty much all we have for the labyrinth. Uh thanks for sticking out this long. Yes. If we missed anything, if there's something we didn't bring up that you feel like we should, if there's a really great part or a character we missed, yell at us on Twitter. But nicely please though. Nicely please. Nicely please. So we this do is- have a Twitter and an Instagram right and now. And an Instagram right now. So our Twitter is somehow we got babes at babes podcast at babes podcast and then our instagram is at babes podcast 1990 1990 mm-hmm. so we're going to be sharing more stuff along there dropping hints for future episodes trying to connect with you guys so just give us a follow on there and yeah yeah is, yeah we have that um we yeah, we want to take some ideas. If you guys have any crazy movies that we th- you think we should talk about, maybe we will. Let us know. We're going to maybe have some guests on in the future. We're still like, you know, we're like baby drafts. We yes. don't know what to do. We're trying to stand. We're real wobbly. Yes. Uh, this, but like I okay. said, yeah, it's fine. This is our first episode. Mm-hmm. It's, what is it, like 10 o'clock on a Friday night. We're just happy to be here. Yes, absolutely. This is we, late for us. This so. is late for us. We are old <laughs> biddies. Um, <laughs> this is, we're starting, you can tell, you can tell we're starting to run on fumes at this point, but yes. 
that's just when we get funnier. I think so. I think so. Um, I would like to think so. Yeah. So we're just going to keep talking about movies. You're going to get to know us. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I'm just excited because I think, um, you know, we're going to get to talk about some things that maybe neither one of us has ever like verbally spoken about. Yes. Which I'm is really exciting. So we'll some be, of the, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking about like how we'll be like introducing stuff to each other and like reacting to it. Cause this is very, this episode is very much like we yes. both care a lot, but there's going to be episodes in the future where one of us won't even know what's going on. I'm ready for those. I'm ready that's gonna to be great. share. And mm-hmm. then sometimes we're going to get into fights. Um, yes. Because we're going to have to do one of our future episodes will probably be consisting of the live action 2003 Peter Pan film and our other wonderful film Hook that we love so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to have to argue about Peter Pan for a little bit on here. Yes. Get it out of our system. So That's going to be a much longer episode. Come along that journey with us. What other movies do you think we're going to talk about? Um, we'll, we'll give them a little hint, a little dangle. Little yeah, tank. let's dangle a little bit. So definitely, specifically 2003, Peter Pan, as well as Hook. Mm. Um, I love that story just in general. But also, uh, anybody that knows us knows we're uh, Brendan Fraser girls. What? So, <laughs> no. definitely The Mummy, but... Most notably, George of the George Jungle. Of the jungle. I think you heard him in our intro. Yes, and I'll probably have to talk about Monkey Bone some. Yes. Wow, that was that movie that was is a lot to unpack there. Blast from a past. Yes, and I mean, there's going to be other like crazy kooky movies as well. Oh my maybe... gosh, we're gonna we're gonna get into some animal films for mm-hmm. a month for a little bit. Yep. We're gonna obviously, if you guys know anything about us, we are spooky princesses. Yes. We are big horror nights fans. So yes. we are going to up our game when it gets closer to Halloween season and focus on scary things, spooky things, creepy crawlies, movies like that. So we're gonna we're gonna throw on our goth lipstick for part of the year. Yes. Uh <laughs> It's all it's all year for me, but it's really all year. But we're gonna amp up specifically our starting around September, I believe. Starting around September, we're gonna mm-hmm. like start to play Monster Mash on repeat, mm-hmm. as one does. As one does, as you know, one does. Right yeah. after you wish your brother away to goblins, I know I did that. I wished my brother away, and I didn't get a David Bowie. What the heck? I, you You're know, honestly, dipped. that's for the best though, because I think maybe an older man in in my parents' bedroom. Wouldn't fly. Sixteen, not a not a good idea. Maybe that's why I like older guys now. All these movies, these big old bad guys. Probably, but like, oh, I tried, man. I tried to get my brother to go away. It didn't work. (laughs) It's fine. I love him. He's great. He's gonna listen to this, and I'm gonna get. And he's gonna be like, "Wait, what?" I'm gonna get a very, very strongly worded text message. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe some caps. Why did you wish me to hate a goblet? Why did you embarrass me on the internet? In my Valentino white bag. My Valentino white bag. <laughs> oh my god, we have to stop now. That's the end of this first Okay, show. yeah, guys. Thank you for so sticking you, out with us. Thank you so much. Again, you can follow us oh at gosh. Babes Podcast on Twitter and at Babes Podcast 1990 on Instagram. Please. And you can also follow me and Aaron on our personal oh, yeah. uh, Twitters. She is Crazy Shark Lady. I am Sailor K Ray. 
And with that, we are out. We'll see you guys later. Bye. See you later.